intro. What's up, buds? And action. Welcome to the new episode of the Earbuds Podcast, the podcast where two friends talk about one album for usually one episode, but it's going to be two episodes this time because shit is real on this record. I am one half of the Earbuds Podcast. My name is Lucas, Mr. Morale, Indrakovs, and I am here with my buddy, my significant other, my bestie, uh, what's your name? Get the bitch down me like, huh. Like, huh. Brett, huh, Hanrahan. Uh, it's actually, uh, pushing bitches off me like, huh, is the full name. Yeah, I know what it is. I said it the way you told me to say it before we started recording. Well, I, uh, changed my mind, and if you don't say it the full name, then I'm not gonna respond. Okay, bet, Brett, keep these, push, push these bitches, bitches off like, Okay, see? Is that good yeah, enough? Yeah, that's fine. Hand or hand. Uh, we are here to talk about the second, technically the second half, the second disc of a double album by Mr. Kendrick Lamar, Mr. Morale, and the Big Steppers. If you haven't watched our first episode where we talk about the first nine tracks of this record, click on the link wherever and uh, you'll be able to watch that episode. But for now, we're going to talk about the last nine tracks on this record, starting with uh, the song Count Me Out. Yeah. Um, uh, on the last episode, Lucas had not listened to this half. I listened to no. the whole thing a couple times. Uh, but coming into this half, Lucas, I mean, I don't think there was anything you didn't expect. I don't think there were any surprises. No, no there were definitely no surprises. Uh, but I, I'll say, I'll, I'll start right off the bat by saying I liked the second half of this record much more. Okay, and I, you know, I the liked first. the first half a little better though. Uh, it's kind of, I, I try to look into it a little more, the whole mirror theory where like sure. track one, the first track and last track correlate and, uh, mm-hmm. honestly the album's kind of off the wall anyway. So comparing two halves is like kind of, uh, I don't know. Just like, I think it might be valid dude, because I mean, let's be honest, this did not need to be a double album. Uh, in terms of runtime, if you're just talking about runtime, it's sure. 73 minutes long or something like that fits on one disc. Kendrick wanted this to be a double album because I think as a storyteller and as just a piece of art that this record is, I think it did need to be a two-parter, to be honest. I, uh, it's, I think the second half tells continues the story in a way where the first half is kind of confronting a lot of these issues that he's been dealing with and all the stuff that he's been going through for the last five some odd years or whatever. In the second half, it kind of seems like he's growing a little bit and starting maybe correcting his ways or finding different ways to um, deal with trauma and deal with all the emotions that he's been dealing with in the first half. So as much as it didn't need to be one technically, it didn't need to be a double album technically, I think it benefited really well from kind of separating these two halves and understanding that it might be telling two different stories a little bit. Unless, this is a theory uh, that no one's talked about, this is the first half of the double album. Interesting. Where? What makes you say that? Just because I want to. Uh, Oh, fuck. So you're just playing playing devil's advocate. Okay, what if Kendrick didn't write any of this? It was all written by... his ex-girlfriend wrote it. <laughs> right, it was all Whitney. <laughs> uh, and his kids did Yeah, which vocals. I would love to see who this Whitney is. Yeah, uh, man, 
I, yeah, dude. I, going through the second half of the record, there was a lot less, a, a lot fewer surprises, I would say, mm-hmm. in some of the decisions that he made. Like, I mean, the United in Grief and Worldwide Steppers and some of the songs on the first half, the, um, what was the one where him and his girlfriend are just having a full-on fight? Yeah, the whole, like, domestic dispute track, We Cry Together. Yeah, We Cry yeah. Together. Yeah, I mean, those were those were very surprising, artistic, almost like a stage play performance type of song. Yeah. And I think the second half is a lot more straightforward. Yeah, for sure. Um, but it is just as personal and heavy. If not more so. And if not more so than the first half. Yeah. It's... It's a. Uh, I think I I liked the two parter and honestly like just to break it down in terms of why I liked the second half these nine songs more than the first a lot of it has to do with the music that I liked a lot more on this half. okay yeah well it's interesting because I thought the music on the first half was a little more interesting to me uh which it would be the second half is a little more subdued it's a little more a little quieter just like. I don't want to say traditional because it's still like they're still great beats and they have thought put into them and stuff. But yes, I mean, think about the the music on Crown. Yeah, you know where it's like God that that music was so tense for me and it just made me feel like something horrible was about to happen. Right. Yeah, I I liked how kind of minimal it was and you know it's yeah. kind of rising a little bit. It's very personal. Uh, I think it's good that he's like kind of finally getting off this god complex which is yeah I, a, a, a pervading theme on this record i'd say yeah i mean he even has i mean he literally has an inter, an interlude and a song called savior uh where he struggles with that complex of being a representative of the black community feeling like he needs to be uh everything to everyone yeah you know mm-hmm. And uh, I love the message on the second half of the record, just th- the message of growth and challenging yourself and uh, not um, not just uh, believing what you've always believed. And, and like I said, challenging yourself to uh, learn and grow and and become someone who you weren't before, let's say, even on you know the smallest of terms, becoming someone who you weren't before you started listening to this album. Sure. Like if that if you could do that for people. Uh, songs like Crown, I think I love the message on Crown. I think it, like not being able to please everyone is just something that a lot of people have to deal with. And, yeah. you know, being afraid to be like 100% honest with the people that you love most, uh, being open with the people who are closest to you. I think that's a really powerful message. And the part where he says, man, the part where he says, you say no, like, and uh, so I think he says like, you say no and all you've done give them gives them amnesia. Where it's like, the moment I say no, everything that I've done for you at this point, everything I've said yes to and done for you, all of a sudden you have amnesia and you forgot all that shit. And I've experienced, I've known people like that and it's fucking maddening. I've been in relationships with people like that. And I totally felt that, that line, um, in a very personal way. Right. And I think it's, I think it's a message that a lot of people need to be reminded of that you really can't please everyone and if there's someone who the moment that you say no or the moment that you push back on something that they want you to do if they've if if that one moment made them forget about everything that you've done for them up until that point then they don't deserve what you've done for them so that kind of teaches you to stop 
going out of your way and doing shit for people and kind of look out for number one a little bit sometimes. Yeah. And it's, it's also a great, you know, kind of look into being famous, I guess, uh, like an icon that fans do, you know, kind of change at at the flip of a coin or flip of, I don't remember the saying, Mm -hmm. but like, it's so the, the frailty of being someone who's highly regarded like this, especially someone like Kendrick Lamar, who's kind of, in a legendary status right now right and how you know the higher up the peak you are the more unstable you get and how it's easier to fall back down uh and so kendrick's always great at giving these very personal uh themes and topics but also can be interpreted and uh you know said for the everyday person you know yeah yeah definitely and I, i mean you look at songs like uh, like Auntie Diaries, mm. where I mean, what a heavy, heavy track that is, and I think it's, you know, a lot of it is commendable. I think the I think what's really, really cool about Kendrick is how human he allows himself to be, and how flawed he allows himself to be, and how honest he is about how flawed he is as a human. Yeah. No one's perfect, right? Right. Uh, and I I love Auntie Diaries. For the theme of growth that I feel like this second half of this album has, and I mean, as much as I wish he didn't use the f bombs that he uses in in the in the song to really get across, you know, basically by f bombs I mean like the worst possible word that you could call a gay person. Uh, you know, I, as much as I wish he didn't use the, that language in the song to get his point across, I understood why he did, and uh, you know, the maybe the. Like, what's the word for it? The kind of faux pas. And it's not really a faux pas. It's much more dense and deeper and, and emotional than than that. But calling people by their dead name. I think, like, something that he did in Auntie Diaries. Yeah, it's, well, it's, I can't... I can't... There's no way he used their actual name, right? Who knows, man? He's he's so fucking honest and, and open and real. Like, maybe he used their actual name. You know, I mean, I just assumed. he's using Whitney's name like fucking Willie. He's just throwing that shit out like fucking candy at a at a you know out of a pinata. Yeah, I guess so. on this record. It's, so, but it's so crazy I think, to me how like he does kind of talk about like stepping back from maybe stepping back from fame in the public eye and stuff and focusing on himself. Yet he's literally putting his children and his wife on the album cover. He's naming people. Right. Like. Right. Why are you trying to like? Why are you doxing people like this? Yeah, it is a form of doxing. That's a really that's a really good way to put it. And that's a that's a I think that's a really good way to uh, categorize what it means to someone who has gone through a transition. What it means to them to use their what they call a dead name, something that you don't call yourself anymore because that person never was me, right? Quote unquote. Sure. Yeah. But I and I think doxing is a really easy way for people to understand that language, and I think that's a really good way to put it. And but I like I I almost. I don't like that he used those words or uses those names, but I think just like a lot of people who are learning about trans and non-binary, non-binary and gender and sexual fluidity, like Kendrick is just learning. He's just trying to learn. He's trying to be better. He's trying to understand. And I think that's commendable. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, if you actually really want to learn about this stuff, you are going to make mistakes and you're going to say, yes, wrong things uh and i don't it seems like and it's but if it's not from a place of hate and it's from a place of curiosity and wanting to learn 
I think that's where people need to be more open about those types of questions and, and be more forgiving of those mistakes. You know, I don't know if Kendrick knew he was making a quote unquote mistake by naming the dead name, you know? Yeah. I, th- I mean, gosh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's just like a lot of when you're learning about this stuff, you don't really know what, how important certain things are. I remember when I was first learning about like LGB tough stuff. My, my friend was talking about a trans person and I asked like, Oh, what, well, what was their uh, first name? You know, Dude, like I've asked real you that question about, I've asked you that same question about one of your friends. Yeah. And, so, and, and, I, was and like, I did, I had no idea that I was out of line or inappropriate. Yeah. Cause I had it, no we're, idea. We're just learning. Uh, and when you think about it, you know, when you stop and think about it, why do I want to know that name? There's no reason right. I need it's, to know that it's name. It's just morbid curiosity. Yeah, either that or just like some, because there's no reason you need to know this person's dead name because you're not going to be calling no them that, and they don't want that name in the back of your head anyway. It's kind of on a different level. Like, um, so my brother-in-law just got uh, he just got COVID. He was in New Orleans for Memorial Day. Oh. What the fuck do you expect? Being in New Orleans on Memorial Day, you're going to come back with COVID probably, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, I'd say for certain. For certain, almost. Almost fucking certain. And, uh, you know, I thought it was kind of funny that my sister was trying to, like, play detective on when he actually caught it and where he could have caught it and all that stuff. And I'm, and I told her, I'm like, dude, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. <laughs> like, he has COVID. He got it. Like, yeah. that's just deal with the present instead of trying to, like, play detective and, and look into where it might have happened. But that was something that, for the last two, three years, I've been... The first question I have when someone tells me that they have COVID was usually the first question is, how do you feel? Oh, holy shit. Are you doing okay? And the second is, where'd you get it, dude? Where do you think you fucking got it? Because it's just curiosity. It's just that kind of morbid. It's almost like gossip at that point where it's like if you bring up someone's dead name or you ask someone's what their dead name was, it's kind of gossip. It's kind of like you're just prying a little bit, you know? And so it's it's on a different level, but it's it's similar in that way. But, you know, I think there's just to me, it's just so crazy how personal and real Kendrick can be while also telling a story and it all makes sense. And he's somehow able to rhyme while yeah. still telling this really cr- crystal clear story and have a very clear message yeah. on why he's telling us this stuff. And I just think it's like. I don't know who else is at that level of storytelling other than maybe someone like Atmosphere or, I mean, you know, I don't even know who else. Like Atmosphere, Common, I guess. Common, but, right, right. Uh, You know, like intellectual rappers or whatever. But sure. it seems like, you know, something special that Kendrick has is that it doesn't, I don't think he wants to be like an, called like an intellectual rapper or like, uh, what is it called? Just like intelligent rap or like a wo- yeah woke rap, intelligent rap. Like, I mean, you you put people in there like Most Def or Talib Kweli or yeah. the Roots, people common like you said. I mean, it's people who aren't uh, they can't fall within like that ignorant rap uh, umbrella. But I, you know, like he doesn't. That's not a, a title he would pr- be proud to have. And just the fact that he can get across these big concepts and focus his thoughts into something so approachable if a little like hard to uh to take in i guess right uh but yeah that's why he's that's why he's one of he's 
he's the goat, man. He, he's. I mean, I. I'm. You know, like like we were saying on the on the first half of this record where, uh, I had to give it an eight point just based off of artistry alone. Um, but I had to uh, find the middle ground between my respect for his artistry and my honestly my awe for his artistry mm. and how much I truly enjoyed what I had listened to. I had to find that middle ground a little bit. That's where the 8.0 came in. But this second half of this record, I feel like the artistry is on a more accessible level, but it doesn't make it any less uh, impressive. And honestly, I feel like the the word gets thrown around a little bit too much, but genius. I don't. I don't think it's even controversial to call him a genius at this point. Yeah, at this point, right? Like, who's gonna fucking argue with us that Kendrick is a is a genius? Though I would, you know, in like, this might not be a masterpiece record. It might not even be. I think it is going to be to a lot of people. I think this is going to be a masterpiece to a lot of people. Maybe, maybe so. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's kind of, it's it's less focused, I guess I'd say, than past records. It's not exactly True. a concept album like the last records but that kind of makes it a little more human it that it's it kind of like confused and kind of all over the place scattered with these different yeah. beats kind of you know beats that you could maybe ascertain to a specific uh past record right uh i mean i think throughout this whole record like kendrick is basically chopping up you know his idea of what it means to be a savior to people. And I think that's kind of a through line throughout the whole record. I think like, obviously he had to go through a lot of growth in the last five years, uh, through therapy and through other means to, to, to better himself and get into a good place mentally. And I think obviously his ongoing therapy is mentioned also throughout the whole album. And I love on the last song, I think it's the last song mirror where he says something like, uh, you won't you're not you won't grow waiting on me like if you're waiting for Kendrick Lamar to tell you how to think about something instead of you trying to figure it out on your own you're not going to grow like you can't grow waiting for someone to tell you you can't learn just by waiting to be told what you're supposed to think right, right. yeah i mean it could definitely so, help but those final decisions and in the things that shape you as a person are ultimately yeah. your decision you have to seek that growth Right? right, and I think uh, it obviously helps a lot to talk to people and help you find your the you know you, how you feel about things if you can't figure it out on your own. But man, waiting on you know I, I remember saying to you in one of our past episodes that I couldn't wait for this album to come out because I wanted to hear what Kendrick had to say about X, Y, and Z. Yeah, because I wanted to know his perspective because it would it might help me uh, figure out how I'm supposed to feel about that. But it is true. It's like you're not going to grow waiting on on someone to tell you what to do. And I think growth is just such a, it didn't really hit me until listening to the second half of the record that growth is the biggest theme on this album. And I think especially the closer really, really speaks on his personal growth and, uh, and he kind of peppers in throughout auntie diaries, uh, you know, crown where he talks about being the, the king to people and, and how do I deal with that? Um, I think like, stuff like the savior like savior song again it's just like i'm not your savior like i love that he says like lebron isn't your savior because you know whatever future isn't your savior because he told you that you needed a fucking accountant or whatever uh but it's i think it's it's just 
I took a lot more out of the second half of the record, I think, on a personal note. And I think that's why I liked it so much more than the first half. Yeah, I think I also... Uh, I kind of forgot where, just because the... There's a lot of lyrics on this album. There's a lot. There's uh, a lot. But there were a couple lines that I was actually like, you know, this doesn't happen a lot, but I thought like, oh, I can kind of relate to that. <laughs> you know, and like right? a, with a vastly different life than Kendrick has or something I'll ever fully comprehend. Yeah. Uh, just the fact that I could relate to anything was kind of, uh, I guess, genius on his part. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of tells you that's that's a really good, you know, two white guys that grew up in the suburbs in Texas that can somehow relate and connect to an album from uh, uh, an artist that has a completely different upbringing and, and background and has totally different experiences where, like I said, man, I think this album has made Kendrick more of a human. It has humanized him more than his previous work for me. Yeah, for sure. I mean, on, on you know, To Pimp a Butterfly, he's literally announcing that like hey i'm gonna be a savior i'm gonna save the world and and you know damn and he's kind of like reinforcing himself and in this album he's finally taking a step back like i can't please everybody i can't save the world i gotta build my own uh yeah i chose me i'm sorry which is an interesting i love that line i love that line. it's an interesting line to leave on your last top dog entertainment record isn't it Right. Yeah, it, it is. I think I'm glad that you brought up like the top dog entertainment stuff, because I think this is his last album with that production, with that label. Uh, and this is the, probably the most introspective and personal album that I think he's put out. And I think all of the messages that he's trying to communicate through this, through his stream of consciousness, really, on a lot of this stuff. Right. It's it, it feels like all of these five albums that he's put out has been a sort of stream of consciousness. I think it's it's he's trying to learn who he is and better himself along the way yeah. and hopefully help a lot of, you know, his fans that are trying to figure out what he's doing and and I think it's doing it through his faith who, who clearly he's very uh, you know, devout Yeah, Christian. that's not a mystery. That's not a mystery. I mean, he's literally wearing a crown of thorns. On the album well, that cover. might actually be a bit sacrilegious. It is, which I love. I'm like, I love when I see people who claim to be super devout Christians doing shit that I think is kind of anti and super devout also, Christian. Also, the fact that, like, man, when I first saw this cover and I saw the name of this album, who wasn't like, okay, bud, all right, you right, want to come like, down from that high horse for a second, Mr. Morale? Yes. Yeah, it's true, and I still haven't really figured out what the album title means. Do you have a theory? Um, not really, man. I know. I think the first half of the album's called Morale, and the second is called Steppers. Um. Okay. I I I I don't know. I'm just not good at like deciphering all the shit. And you know, Kendrick's got a lot of shit going on this album. He's so layered. No one really knows about yet, but I don't think that's as important as these little personalized messages like the fact that the first song is four minutes and 16 seconds and the last song is four minutes and 17 seconds i don't think that's a coincidence i they might have some fucking like tool shit happening where you could play a couple of the songs on top of each other and they make a greater song or something growth man growth uh Uh, even if it's one second at a time i think growth is is just the the theme throughout this whole record And, and it seems to be the theme uh, whether he likes it or not, 
on all his albums. And I was actually talking about this today where I really wish growth wasn't forced upon people so often. I wish that it was our choice to grow and to change. Yeah, uh, well, you know, most most of that stuff comes from big events that you weren't expecting. I'd, I'd say most... Usually traumatic growth, events, right? Yeah, most growth. Even Well, maybe mostly traumatic, sure, but also, like, you go to a show and you see this band and it, that the band changes your life or whatever. Or you see this movie or you read this book, you mm-hmm. know, or you, like, hear this bit of philosophy or something and that changes your life and that's not something you were expecting really when you were getting into it but also yeah trauma is a big part and it becomes what you are and uh you know it's it's not all good or all bad it's it's probably mostly bad development but like kendrick was saying on father time there is that kind of forced manliness that toxic masculinity that was brought upon him by his dad was a part of why he's able to focus and drive so hard. Why he wants to be one of the greatest of all time. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. I, I really liked the this breakdown that I saw of someone that someone did of this album, and I wish I had the name to, to credit them, but they were talking about how, you know, his last few albums have been this kind of journey, and uh, I like when you think about music in this way where they said that these records have let Kendrick overcome racial, generational, and personal trauma. Yeah. Um, and just this unapologetic reveal about how he's Kendrick has always been well-intentioned uh, with his music and his messages, and he might, he might have let his savior complex kind of blind him a little bit to the fact that he had toxic behavior a little bit, that, you know, where he's trying to save everyone, or maybe... Uh, it's kind of justifying his behavior because he's trying to get to this end game. It's almost like, you know, will you kill one person to save a million people? It's like, how do you, how do you justify uh, being toxic and having this kind of savior complex? How do you justify that? Uh, well, it's easy to justify it by saying, well, look at all the good that I'm, that this savior complex is doing for people. Yeah. Look at all the good that my ego and destructive behavior, like infidelity have done for my music and have done for my career and have done for other people to let me be honest about that. And I just really like, again, I think the concept of growth and of just being a flawed human is something that I really, really connected with. And I think the conclusion to all that, the one thing that has like, that really kind of put it all so succinctly and it almost made me cry when I heard it, the line over and over and over again is when he just keeps repeating, I choose me, I'm sorry. And I, I think that's been something that I've had to kind of come to terms with a little bit because, I mean, if I'm honest, like choosing yourself, choosing your mental health, your success, your, the, your self-perception over what others can do for you or putting other people before you or putting other people's needs before your own, in my opinion, I think the healthier way to go is to put focus on yourself first. Because if you're constantly trying to stay afloat and you keep passing other people the life vest, you're only fucking yourself over in the long run, you know? But it's like once you're on the boat and you're safe and you're capable of helping people, then it is on you to make sure that you can help people, help others around you get the fuck out of the water. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what I'm seeing with Kendrick. I think Kendrick is out of the water and he's getting onto the boat. 
And I think he's starting to realize how he can help people now where he wasn't capable to really help. I mean, he had been, you know, he, he'd always been kind of anonymously donating to funds and organizations and setting up events. Right. Uh, but I, you know, he has this family and his priorities have vastly changed ever since he's had kids, I yep. assume. Yep. Uh, and he just like, I chose me. I'm sorry. I, I, you know, I chose me and my family over maybe my theory is that this might be his last record in a long time. It, it, it the first time I heard it, I thought it was a message saying I'm done with the music industry. Hmm. I, I thought it was saying this is my last album. <laughs> Yeah, uh, which it it might not be that drastic, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was another eight to ten years before we got another full record from from Kendrick. Wow. Well, you know, as much as I support him in his journey of growth and and learning, I, as a selfish music fan, I hope I don't have to wait ten years <laughs> for the next sure. one. Uh, and before we get into our choice nugs, man, I, I really there was there was. A, two songs that almost made me cry listening to them. The f- mirror oh, wow. was one that I mentioned. Sure. Uh, the other one was mother. I sober the one right yeah. before mirror. Yeah. I mean, well, if you want to get into Nar nugs real quick, is that one? That's one of my Nar nugs. Wow. It's gotta be. It's wow. an extremely, maybe his most intimate song. I'd say his <sighs> delivery is just so raw and it's so it subdued. Subdued. It feels weak. It feels tired. Yeah, it feels tired. It almost feels like worn. You're both laying in bed together, and it's the end of a long day, you know. And he's just kind of he's just kind of letting it all out. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like that's when a lot of you know when me and Christina go to bed and it's late at night and we're both tired. I feel like that's when the most interesting conversation happens. To be honest, <laughs> we it's your your guard is let down. A little bit, you know, and I think once you feel exhausted, it's a lot easier to be honest because one of the things that exhausts people is not being able to say what they want to say or feeling like they can't say what they want to say. Yeah. And you, your guard is let down your little your your thorns have kind of dulled a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. Your 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 kind of your thorns have been it's almost like when a plant doesn't get enough flower and it starts to wilt. Or I'm sorry. When a plant doesn't get enough water and it starts to wilt a little bit, yeah. Uh, you know, I've noticed that we we got these uh, we got these sage flowers from. Uh, we went to this really cool mountain town in California here recently, and we bought some sage flowers that people were selling. They're beautiful and they smelled great. You know what I noticed though is when they started dying and we didn't give them enough water, they smelled the strongest. And I feel like it's kind of very natural for when you feel deprived or you feel exhausted and you're just trying to survive. Your true self really comes out a little bit. And and I agree that Mother I Sober, definitely one of my honorable mentions, man. But there's almost too much to break down in that song to really explain why it made me want to cry when I listened to it. I mean, it's it's... Yeah, he can he talks about a lot. He gets very uh personal. He talks about his mother and uh himself and in kind of some trauma he went through. Um trouble trauma that a lot of people around him have gone through. Uh yeah, where you know right. where, where you kind of 
if you don't look into the into the facts, man, like where something like one in four uh, black women get sexually assaulted before they're eighteen, you know, uh, or God, what what a, a common theme it is for rappers to have trauma that they're dealing with, and that's a lot of reasons why the cars and the clothes and the girls and the chains and all this stuff are kind of to deal a way for them to deal with this trauma. I mean, there's a weird large number of rappers that have admitted to being sexually abused as kids. Yeah. Well, you know, black males are, are pretty statistically high up there when it comes to like sexual abuse and rape. Yeah, I think it's the same thing with um, people who have mental uh, illnesses or disorders too. Anyone that that people feel like are in a position of weakness or in a position where they need help get taken advantage of a lot. Like right. kids with disorders, kids with autism get you know unfortunately like sexually abused, um, and it's kind of you know it's just such a dark aspect of humanity. But it's crazy to think that like people like Denzel Curry have talked about being molested as a kid. Right. Lil Wayne talked about being raped when he was 11. You know, Kevin Gates talked about how he was molested as a kid and it inspired him to rap. Common, we've mentioned his name a couple mm-hmm. times already, like talked yeah. about his sexual abuse as a kid. Uh, and I think rap, I'm starting to understand, especially with certain artists, rap is a safe space for a lot of these guys to talk about their abuse uh, and get it out in a way that other people might understand or, you know, get out their anger in a way that other people will understand and, or maybe a way to process that trauma and putting, you know, pen to paper and saying some, some really heavy shit and putting it out there. And I I really commend Kendrick for bringing that to light through a song. Yeah. I I mean, I'm sure he was thinking about it a lot. We're like, should I go this far into it? Right. Um, I mean, talking about as, as, as honest and personal as saying like, you know, his mom constantly asked him if his cousin ever sexually abused him Yeah. and he had to keep saying no, he kept saying no. And it was true that he didn't, but his mom had experienced abuse. So she was extra worried that Kendrick would go through the same thing. Right. Yeah. It's Uh, really, that's really heavy, man. And that's, it's, it's dark, but it's beautiful to be able to, you know, go from something like mother eye sober to this, to mirror right afterwards and and you know again i choose me i'm sorry i, I think yeah. that's a i think that's a really powerful message and uh i think you're right man maybe we won't see a lot from kendrick soon but i, I mean he's not going to release an album next year like he he already took a he's not gonna be the king gizzard anyway. of, of rappers huh he's not gonna be the king gizzard of rappers you don't no, think? i don't i don't think he's gonna release 12 albums this year though hmm? I don't know. We'll see. We could, who knows? Man. Yeah, Mother I, I mean, was there anything else you wanted to say about Mother I Sober? I feel like I kind of took over that that conversation. No, no, that was that was pretty much it. Uh, is one of your choice nugs Mirror? Is that the next one? No, man. Mirror was a very strong honorable mention. Uh, great beat from Pharrell. So neither of the, the songs that made you cry even got on your choice nugs. No, no. Jeez. Uh, yeah, I know, man. I, like I said, I, there's a lot of personal connection to this record, and uh, I was emotional throughout listening, you know, to on the second half of this album. But Mirror was definitely a uh, an honorable mention of mine. It, you know, I love the beat from Pharrell. I think it's another really super heavy theme to the song, and a beautiful one, if I'll be honest. Uh, but my first choice, Nug, 
and it feels weird because I'm a little conflicted about it, is <laughs> Silent Hill. Really? Silent Hill? It's, hey, me too? No shit, that was That's your second? second nug. Wow, dude, I don't know why Kendrick got Kodak Black to be featured so prominently throughout this record, other than Kendrick's apparent hatred for cancel culture. Well, he he has a he has a a, a bone against cancel culture. He also says Which he, I get. I agree he, with cancel culture being way too fucking prominent and way too sensitive. You know, I get it. Uh also he says he sees himself in Kodak Black. He says he even said in a song that like uh something about like black black culture support is great but i see myself as more kodak yeah i i didn't i don't know what exactly he meant by that i think it just meant that like he uh kodak is is a very controversial figure yes and he's been arrested for abuse and he you know has done he kind of has this laundry list of shit that he's done and even weird shit like with his mom that had come out in the last like year or so where it seems like him and his mom might have a weird relationship where it kind of borderlines sexual at times or something. Like I remember seeing a lot of posts about that on Instagram and I don't know, people might be reading a little too much into it, but like Kodak, it does have some dark shit that he's been accused of and has been convicted for. Uh, yeah. So it's an odd choice for Kendrick, but he is Kendrick and he can do whatever the fuck he wants yeah, but I mean, how do you, at the end of the day, how do you mention R. Kelly and Cosby and their toxicity and what they've done uh, as black men in black culture and what how they might have kind of set back black culture a little bit? And then you feature Kodak Black on not just one song, but like several songs on this album, like two or three songs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess he can't please everybody, quote unquote, with his choices, right? You can't please everybody. He I can't please everybody. Look, if he sees himself in Kodak Black, that's not really something someone can analyze. And it's you not know, for us to tell him he's wrong, right? Thing. Yeah, it's not. I'm not here to tell him he's wrong. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of like I don't know. Um, but with that I said, on Silent Hill, I love the beat. I, you know, I I love the beat. I love the little pew. Love it. I love that. You know I'm a sucker for that broken speaker bass. Yep. You know I love that. Push these bitches on me like, huh. Which I could have sworn that was Kodak saying that. I'm pretty sure it's Kendrick. It is Kendrick. Who didn't didn't laugh after hearing that? Because, like, all this shit you're going through, you just got back from Crown, uh, which is a very piano strings backup vocals very theatrical and then yeah up me like huh. like huh. like a little getting a little goofy again but you know we 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 talk about real shit on this song too. yeah and kendrick's never been scared of being goofy either he's done plenty of goofy shit throughout yeah. his albums right. uh i love that really heady kind of reverby electric piano stuff that's throughout the whole beat yep and i love how personal the lyrics are even kodak gets uh personal with his shit which uh, which I can appreciate. You know, I've never been a fan of Kodak Black. I've heard a lot of his music. I've never really cared for it. Um, but I, I'll say he had a, a decent feature on this. I think it was. I I, I think yeah. you put. I don't know. You put anyone on a Kendrick song, and 
it's gonna it's gonna be like well of course they're not gonna be as good as kendrick it's gonna yeah it, it looked a little some parts of the verse were like a little ignorant to me yes for sure uh, but like i don't know some things didn't know. work exactly with the beat or the cadence some things felt kind of forced a little bit but just or, like in some lines some lines were a little too long so he was trying to have enough fit them in some lines were too short where he literally went like you know a measure without saying anything you know it's, it, it, but again I, I like the that the features on this album have allowed themselves to be a little less structured and have to conform to that kind of traditional hip-hop songwriting where yeah. even kodak was like yeah well i kind of had this line and uh i don't really have a line to follow it so i'm just gonna wait four beats and then i'm gonna come back in you know and it's like <laughs> kendrick does that shit why can't Kodak do it and I think he I think he pulled it off and um Silent Hill was just oh fuck I just banged my goddamn desk uh Silent Hill is is definitely was definitely a standout for me man and uh I'm surprised that that was one of your choice nugs though to be honest yeah it was just like I don't know it, it was just a nice kind of little levity I like the beat it's just kind of a nice bop uh yeah and there were still some some great beats. Uh, some honorable mentions of mine are, uh, like Savior, uh, yeah. Crown, uh, Mirror. Yes. You know? But yeah. I Dude, the Savior interlude was a thousand times better than the Rich Spirit interlude. Yeah, I think that that was Baby Keem. Yeah, right. Baby Keem is going to be a fucking megastar. I'm calling it right now. If he's not already huge, which he's Kendrick's cousin. I had no idea. Uh, but you, he's, you, this dude's going to be a fucking family megastar. Ties? I saw the video. I didn't know I didn't know Family Ties literally meant that they were family. Like, who fucking... I don't know. Like, the single art was a picture of them in the same photo. All right, well, fucking... Uh, call me out on not doing my research. I mean, I, at this point, it's like the only thing he's known for. Or that's what I thought. Family like, ties. Oh, baby Keem is Kendrick's cousin, and I think he made the beat to Family Ties. I think he's also a producer. Oh, I think oh he produced God a couple of these songs or wrote a couple of these songs. I I couldn't tell you which ones. I assume the ones he was on. Uh, yeah. Wow. Well, uh, that's amazing because I love the beats on Family Ties, and yeah, man, Savior Interlude, big honorable mention for me. Auntie Diaries, big honorable mention for me. Uh, like we said, Mother I Sober, Mirror, Crown count me out i mean mm. honestly the only song that didn't make an honorable mention and it's not that I, did, I didn't like it it just kind of wasn't anything really that special to me was savior the song you don't like it it's not that i didn't like it i liked it i like the beat uh the background vocals i think are like super trippy and dreamy and i i like that a lot but it was just the one that on my in my opinion is the weakest of the second half of the record but that doesn't make it weak at all as a standalone song all right yeah but with that said man my other choice nug and this was so easy for me to pick it didn't even this one was the first one that i was able to pick mr morale mr morale all right yeah talk about an intense fucking beat dude yeah and it starts off with this just like heavy breathing and <laughs> yeah 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 dude i feel like i'm running away from like some future cop in in <laughs> rainy downtown Tokyo or some shit while listening right. to this song. Yeah, for sure. There's such cyberpunk vibes to this, intense kind of thriller, scary vibes to it, and Kendrick is talking about some real real shit on this track. 
the the delivery of uh that piano so heavy again so heavy it's like kind of like i don't know like some some dude in the distance and you hear in your ears you don't know where the voice is coming from like something like that yeah, man, I love, again, the artistry on Miss Morale is just incredible. He's talking about past childhood traumas, how Baby Keem went from watching his mom be an addict to making a million dollars as an adult, which Keem talks about on, on his interlude track. Yeah. Uh, how many people of color's experiences with trauma from their own people or from others taking advantage of them is a theme on Miss Morale. It is just a heavy song. It's a scary song, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, man, I I love uh, those kind of fading in, like kind of kind of fading in and yeah. out. I think that was a cool touch. It has almost like um, the energy to it has almost a Black Panther type of a little bit, yeah, rhythm sure. to it. Yeah, I think I think it's a man. There was something about most of the beats on the second half of this record, it made me feel like I was listening to the soundtrack of some mystery thriller movie. Really? Yeah. It's just, there was something very tense and nervous and anxious, uh, vibe throughout the whole record. And especially on Mr. Morale, I think that was just the, the peak of this anxiety, this, you know, this kind of tense, uh, looming feeling that you got. And yeah, there's there's a lot of tension throughout this whole record. I I thought the first half had had a couple of those with uh, uh, worldwide steppers and yes, uh, you know, uh, united in grief. United in grief, exactly for sure. Uh, I I just feel yeah. I think the combination of this tense anxiety, uh, thriller mystery type vibe that I got on the second album paired with the lyrics of growth and the themes of learning and from your mistakes and growing as a person, I think, uh, is just something I really connected with. And with that said, man, what are you going to rate the second half of this album? And what are you going to rate the album as a whole? Uh, I'm going to rate the second half, like a 7.0. So pretty, I mean, it's lower than the first half, a little lower, but pretty close. Yeah. I just enjoyed some of the beats on the first half a little more, though I think the second half was a little more personal and, and a little more raw. Uh, the album as a whole, uh, I'm probably going to rate around just like a 7.5. You know, just because yeah. like, it's, obviously it's Kendrick Lamar, it's a good record. I'm probably not going to come back to it too often. I, I do want to take some time and like, I, live with the album for my next bit. like listening of the record yeah. for sure and yeah. i feel like the the more time that goes on the more i'll appreciate it uh but i you know this was a solid record probably not in my right now it will probably be somewhere near the bottom if we were to rank all my all all my favorite kendrick albums but sure i mean even even the bottom of a ranking is still better than most like music out there yeah probably kendrick's lowest rated album is higher than let's say little uzi vert's highest rated album for you literally like 90 percent of what the music industry has sure wow yeah yeah i mean uh, i get that man and and i totally i i understand your rating for sure i think i'm obviously going to be higher uh i gave the first half of this record an 8.0 
And again, re- restating that a lot of that had to do with just my respect for the artistry of what he was doing on the first half of the album. Yeah. The, my, the second half of this record, I'm giving a 9.0. Wow. All right. I, 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 was, I was wondering if it was going to get into the nines. Yes, I genuinely, genuinely enjoy the second half of this record much more. I think even the last, these last nine tracks as a standalone album, I think I would have loved on their own. Um, you know, like we were saying, man, this didn't need to be a double record, but it is. And uh, in terms of runtime, no need to make this into two albums. In terms of themes and content and what Kendrick was trying to do as an artist and trying to communicate as an artist... I think it did need to be a double record. Um, I love the beats a lot more on the second half. I, like I said, I thought they were like mystery thriller beats. I thought they were really fun. I think, you know, what I liked a lot about the beats that he chose for the second half of the record is it kind of made me think that, you know, it made me think of, of a mystery or a thriller or something like that. And honestly, like life is a mystery and life is scary. Life is kind of thrilling. Yeah. And it's, it's hard to know what to expect and I feel a lot of that in this music where you didn't know what to expect. It's not like one track led you into the next track seamlessly. It's like you really didn't know what was going to happen. And I think it's the same thing with the theme of growth where you don't know when you're going to be forced to have to grow. And you don't yeah. know when something's going to surprise you and catch you off guard. And I think I, 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 that's what I took away from this album where it's like every track was, I, it caught me off guard. And I really, I really love that, man. And it, it to me, it's it's crazy the skill that Kendrick has to be so personal and real and tell a story and it's clear and it makes sense and the message is there. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of appreciation for this record as a whole and especially the second half of the record. So if I'm going to take my first rating of the first nine songs, which is 8.0, and the last nine songs is 9.0, I'm giving this an 8.5 hard, solid solid record really love this and i yeah. do honestly think the second half made up for the first half for me wow i i've heard uh i've heard the opposite i've heard people like the first half a little more than the second half but that's I, interesting it's got to be it's you know this song just came out we're just listening to it yeah um but what are like real quick because we've already talked about the songs what are your two like gold two choice nugs for the whole record it's gonna have to be n95 and mr morale n95 and mr morale yeah yeah i n95 had the music video it's it's a great just trap not trap song tradition it's weird like a it's almost like a drill beat or like a uh uh, man what's the uk one is it drill it's drill okay Yeah, it has a very grimy drill beat in 95. I like how pissed off he is on N95. <laughs> right. And then with Mr. Morale, it's almost like the opposite, where he's not exactly mad, but it's really intense. And it's talking about... Uh, in N95, he's talking about the world, shit that the world has been dealing with, not just him. And I think yeah. in Mr. Morale, he's talking about his personal experiences and the experiences of his people which I think are, are uh, two very opposite sides of the spectrum in terms of like how personal you want to get, how real you want to get. And I appreciate both for, for what they are. But like, yeah. what are yours, man? Like, what are your two standouts? Uh, my ultimate ones are going to be Mother Eye Sober. I think it's very raw, very emotional. I like yeah. music. I like how his delivery grows in intensity. And yeah. my other nug is going to be United in Grief, which is the first song. 
Wow. I like how anxious and intense it is, and uh, it's fucking how, stressful. It's stressful. He's it's stressful. aggressive. That yeah. blasted, like super compressed drum beat comes in, which I love. Yeah. Uh, and it just kind of fades in and out, and then strings. I I think it was a great, great song. Great way to start the record. Yeah, we don't. We haven't. I don't know if we said it enough, but the producers on this record absolutely fucking killed it, and the songs that Kendrick chose for each track couldn't be more perfect for each track. Right. So, buddies, if you have not listened to this album, uh, I implore you <laughs> to check it out. I think it's if, especially if you're a fan of hip hop, if you're a fan of very personal music and very emotional music and vulnerable music. I think Kendrick's going to really surprise you on this one. I think <laughs> if you if you are into music, you've listened to this record. If you're not into music and you want to get into music, listen to Good Kid Mad City. Yes. Uh, and then Damn, and maybe listen to this one. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're, again, like if we're talking about, if you're into artistry, if you just want to listen to something that is just artistry, whether you're going to understand the music or not, you can listen to this album Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers and you can listen to to Pimp a Butterfly yeah if we're talking about pure artistry uh and with that said thank you so much for watching buddies leave us a comment man let us know what you guys thought of these nine songs let us know what you guys thought of the album as a whole man did you guys like the first half more than the second uh obviously me and Brett were coming from two different perspectives man and and we'd love to hear y'all's perspective and understand what you liked and disliked about this record and let us know what albums you guys think we should be listening to and what you'd like to see us review uh we've gotten a bunch of really cool recommendations we're actually going to have a whole episode of just listener suggested albums that we're going to talk about and review and share our thoughts about them and i'm really excited to do that with you dude yeah Uh, some real quick shorties three or four albums just depending yeah uh kind of just boom 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 and we just it's just our way of thanking you guys for watching our show, listening to our show, and giving us recommendations, man. As fans of music, uh, nothing excites me more than hearing some new music I've never heard of, and I love it. Uh, and honestly, I like talking shit, too. So if I hate it, I'm That's just as excited great. to talk about we it. We don't do that enough. We don't hate on shit enough. That's true. That's true. Uh, but I'm honestly excited to hear what you think of what we're going to talk about on the next episode my dude because we are Which talking is, well why would that be we're gonna it's... go way off base here we have literally never talked about a country music album on our show we have something like 90 episodes total that we've done of this show and i think it's about goddamn time we talk about some really good country music and my personal favorite i'm not a big country guy my personal favorite country music artist and mr sturgill simpson mm. we're going to talk about his album Meta modern sounds of country music. About about a year and a half ago or a year ago, Lucas sent me a playlist of uh, twelve or fifteen songs. Choice choice Sturgill Nugs. Choice Sturgill Nugs, and I've half listened to it a couple times. You uh, son of a bitch! Th- it's good stuff. It's good I'm stuff. Just never man. in the mood for. I totally country. get it. I totally get it. You don't drink but, enough whiskey. Like like but, I'm drinking right now. You're not drinking enough whiskey, my dude. So maybe maybe we'll drink some damn whiskey. Buy some cheap ass whiskey and listen to some modern shine. Everyone who's listening, if you are 21 or above, <laughs> <laughs> buy some cheap ass whiskey and go listen to Sturgill Simpson's "Meta Modern Sounds of Country Music." I think you might find something that you connect with it in it. So that's what we're talking about in the next episode. 
until then, find us on Instagram at ebpcast. Me and Brett are also on Instagram. I'm there at, at John Luke Guitard. Brett is Brett Hanrahan on there. You obviously, if you find our YouTube channel, you're watching us right now, but look up Earbuds Podcast on YouTube. You will find us. We're on every podcast streaming platform that you can find. Look for us on there. Tell your friends about us. Leave us a comment. Follow us, man, because we are coming out with a new episode every single week, if not two or three episodes every single week. Uh, so, yeah, I know. We don't I even know, get paid. We're not even getting paid for this What's fucking shit yet. Yeah, it's bullshit. If anyone but, uh, wants to make our Patreon for us and start sending us money, that'd be great. If you want to start a fan club, we are here for it, and we'll be the presidents if you need us to. You, you will need to pay for the rights. Yes. Uh, for our likenesses. But I'm a whore. Be, I'm a whore, man. I want to be paid for everything I do. It's gotta be. You gotta get some monetization from it, or else it's really not worth the time. If we're not monetizing, what are we doing? Hey, what the fuck are we doing? What the fuck are we doing, Brett? What would you rate this episode? You know, I'm gonna rate this album a fucking nine out of ten, baby. Oh, you're not even going for a joke on that one. That was a that was an honest rating. I couldn't think of one, baby. <laughs> it always comes too quick. I'm going to rate this a 9 out of 10 as well. I really, uh, really, really enjoyed this album and uh, really enjoyed talking about it with you, man. Yeah, so, man. I feel like I feel like it got, it got pretty, 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 pretty personal. Pretty it got pretty personal. You know, there's not a lot of albums that get this out of us. You know, a lot of times we're just superficial <laughs> and shallow. Yeah, we're we very, about. like, formal. Yeah, I mean, we almost wore suit and tie on this one, but we're like, you know what? Let's loosen up a little bit. Maybe for the award show. Yeah, well, which, by the way, buddies, if you haven't listened to our award show, Ashore, we did that last year. So go check that out. I'm but, already so excited for next for this. Uh, I can't wait. This this album is going to win, like, every category. Uh, well, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But uh, until next week, buddies, thank you so much for listening. Tell your friends about us. Leave us a comment. Leave us a like. Give us a subscribe. Click that little fucking bell or whatever. And uh, let us know what you guys want us to talk about, man, because we are here for you. Brett, this was good. Lucas, this was good. Let me open up the camera app real quick. And three, two, one. Bye, buddy. Bye, buddy. Salute.